Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dirty Mike, and I am here with the advocate for dirty, ugly wrestling, Big Ugly. How was that? That was pretty good. I like that. that <laughs> I kind of went into Vince McMahon there at the end. Yeah, you did. Big yeah. Ugly. You heard Bruce yeah, Pritchard uh, kind of do the Vince yeah. McMahon? He's like... Uh, damn it, pal! What? <laughs> I can't even do it. That's <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's great. We are back with the dirty. I said it. We are back. We there are we go. back with the dirty ugly wrestling podcast. My name is Dirty Mike, and I am the big ugly. And we are here with the Yeti. Do it. <laughs> Again, it's like Chewbacca dying, but it's so funny. Anyway, no, we're back, Big Ugly. Are you excited? Man, I'm really excited, man. We got a lot to talk about today. We sure do. I've been texting you all week. We've been like, man, we got to get to this podcast. Yeah. But you know what? We've been blowing up, man. We have been blowing up. We've been up. blowing up. People have been blowing up those numbers, so we thank the fans out there. We Everybody really do. that's listening we uh, on SoundCloud, you. Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. iTunes. One of the most recent. Yeah, we thank you all of you. Big Ugly, I'm really excited because every time we go in there and check those numbers, the numbers keep growing. And we got some big guests coming up. Oh, we got some huge guests coming up. I, I put this list up here. I didn't know if you saw this, but um, we've got a lot of guests coming on <laughs> later on this year. <laughs> Look at this list. It's on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling, what is this, uh, stationery. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can see all of these guests that we've got. Some of them are repeat guests. A lot of them are new guests. we got a lot of uh, a lot of topics to talk about, a um, lot of exciting stuff. I, I'm really excited. Excited to have Joe Clunk back on, get some of those voices. That's right. Joe Clunk, the timekeeper for yes. EWA Pro Wrestling. He's great, and he's got a, you know, a lot of great stories and everything. He actually has a very uh, personal story to share with us down the road. We're going to talk about that, cool. how he got into pro wrestling and things like that. Um, I don't think we have a story from him taking his first bump, but, uh, you <laughs> we'll, know. We'll skip that question. He's the timekeeper, so right. yeah, anything could happen. I want to take a moment right now to put over to Big Ugly, because when he walked into the mansion tonight, he had in his hand Wendy's. Now, when I say Wendy, I'm not talking about Wendy, the chick that lives down the street. I'm talking about Wendy's, W-E-N-D-Y apostrophe S. And I'm talking about Frosties. I'm going to put over Frosties hardcore. A Frosty, if you're not familiar with a Frosty, it is like an ice cream type beverage that you can drink it. You can eat it with a spoon. Most people like to eat it with a spoon. Chocolate is the flavor that most people get. They have other flavors, but I'm putting over Frosties right now, hardcore, on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Well, I hope if uh, Matt Temby is listening, Matt just, Temby. just know that uh, these are Diet Frosties. Diet Frosties. Yeah, Diet Frosties, yes. Personal the, trainer, Matt Temby? Yes, personal trainer, Matt Temby. Uh, Diet Frosties, Matt, I'm, I'm still doing well. <laughs> but, uh, but you got to have that cheat day. Delicious. He talked about that, right? you got to have that day where you can look forward to it, the cheat day, yes. you know, or the cheat meal, as, as it were. Yeah. This is it. And Matt Matt actually posts a lot uh, sometimes his dieting, and he, his freezer is full of ice cream, so I'm sure he won't buy it. How do you spell his last name again? Temby, T-E-M-B-Y. M is in Mike. T-E-M-B-Y. B-Y. B-Y. Check yeah. him out on Facebook. Personal trainer. He's got all kinds of different ways for you to keep healthy and for you to get strong. And check him out on Facebook. Personal training online. He, and he is in the archived Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. Yes, and he also gives all of his information on there and his personal training system that has recently launched. That's right. And you want to talk about people blowing up the podcast. 
Violet, who was on our podcast, the social media ambassador for EWA Pro Wrestling Supremacy. And that one went, and of course, she's a social media ambassador, so all was all over the Twitter, all over the Facebook, all over the Instagram. You know that had to be blowing up. Yeah, of course. I mean, she knows how to work social media. We were talking about how we need a social media ambassador. So, uh, of course, she was going to get the numbers in. So, you know. Apart from her being a supremacy, we appreciate the listen. <laughs> <laughs> we sure do, because supremacy, you know, they're going to implode from the inside, I'm telling you. And since we're talking about it, we're going to intro this podcast by saying we're going to talk about EWA Pro Wrestling a little bit. We're going to talk about the Sweet 16 coming up Saturday, March 18th, Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Tickets are on sale going very fast at EWAMaryland.com. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and that's going to lead into... Our special guest this week on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, you know him as the Evolution Contract winner. You know him as the individual who lost the escape-only cage match at EWA Rage in the Cage against hashtag Pat Anthony for the EWA Heavyweight Championship. You know who I'm talking about. You're talking about the man, Joey Badami. But let me tell you, it was a great match. Oh, it was a great match. The main event of the card. I mean, there was a lot of great matches on that card, but that match was excellent. And I tell you, you were in that crowd, Big Ugly. Yeah, I was in the crowd. The crowd was electric. Um, You know, we talked about that match um, right after, you know, uh, hashtag Pan Anthony taking a big dive off of the cage. Um, It it was an intense match. Um, You know, a few times I thought Joey Badami might do it. He didn't come out with the win, but you know what? He gave it everything. You win some, you lose some. That's right. And he's a very busy man inside and outside of the professional wrestling business. Um, And you're going to hear this exclusive interview that we're going to have tucked right into this podcast right after this um, in in this next segment because we talked about a lot of different things. But I'm going to leave that for the listeners. You're going to listen to it, and you're going to enjoy it. Joey Badami. So... Other than that, in this podcast, uh, later on, we're going to talk about WWE a lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. We we were trying not to talk before we got on this podcast. We were sitting offline. We're like, you know what? Oh, man, big things are happening in wrestling. Oh, we got to stop. Yeah, we we got to put it on the podcast. We have to keep it organic. That way we can just talk about it for the first time. On here. And we're going to do that. We're going to talk about WWE Fastlane, the Raw-only pay-per-view. We're going to talk about the European Championship and NXT. We're going to talk about, you know, uh, uh, SmackDown. Oh, my goodness, SmackDown this past week. We're going to talk about it. I can't even. I'm so excited. But we're going to throw in a little bit of TNA and Anthem Entertainment. We're going to throw in a little bit of Lucha, Netflix. But we're going to talk a lot, a lot, Big Ugly. And I'm going to go off on a tangent right now and take a swig of Frosty for the working man. Taking the swig of Frosty for the working man. Ah, Diet Frosty, though. Man, Diet Frosty. Let me talk about this Dasani water. So this Dasani water, D-A-S-A-N-I, is made by the Coca-Cola company. Yes, sir. The water that you have right there is, uh, what is it? Nestle Pure Life. Nestle Pure Life. So, you know, whatever type of water you decide to drink, I I heard the urban legend, it was a rumor and innuendo. (laughs) That's why I had to throw that in there. That Dasani actually makes you thirstier because of how the water is processed. Have you ever heard any kind of BS like that? I have never heard that, but I heard that Dasani was kind of funny water because I just heard... It's not making me laugh right now. (laughs) I just heard that there's something different about Dasani that's like, I don't know, just not as pure of water as other ones. Now, I know that they add minerals. Personally, I like Dasani. That's one of my favorite kinds. It's a good water. I yeah. enjoy it. And, you know, and I had some of the Fiji water at one point in time that's like 3 or $4 a bottle. Yeah. Um, 
I tried to figure out where the taste went. Yeah. I wasn't sure. It's all hype, man. Let me tell you something about taste. Okay, so I was having a meal outside of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, outside of the mansion. We were having a meal at Pizza John's, which is on Back River Neck Road in Essex, Maryland. Great pizza, great pepperoni. You got the little pepperonis that are shaped like a little little bowl, and it's got the grease in it. Oh, my God, we're putting over Pizza John's. Let me tell you something. Go ahead. Before you go on. You go ahead. They got great cheesesteaks. Oh, they sure do. Ah, cheesesteaks. You know, cheesesteaks are always welcome at the mansion. Absolutely. But go ahead. I'm going to go ahead. We got some good cheesesteaks at Looney's in Bel Air. Looney's Pub Restaurant in Bel Air. It's Mm -hmm. off of Route 1. We're putting over everybody. You know, we need to be sponsored by all these. We ain't selfish. We are not. We're, We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. That's all we are. And we're just hungry now. Fans of of (laughs) cheesesteaks. Fans of cheesesteaks. Hey, uh, I'm going to show you something. Yeah, what's that? All right, this is a picture. (laughs) It's a picture. I think that's a picture. Where is it? Ah, I don't know where it's at. But anyway, I have to find it. So my friend, you know, uh, Chad, he was telling me, my friend Chad, you know, shout out to Chad, listening to Chad. um, He was telling me about New York City. He was telling me about this expensive place where you can get like $20 milkshakes. I said, I heard of a $5 shake from the Pulp Fiction movie, but I never heard of $20. How do you put $20 in a milkshake? Apparently these things are as big as the Yeti. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) The Yeti. Um, Apparently they're as big as this Yeti and the Yeti is, you know, about a, you know, good foot tall. Yeah, definitely. You know, huge micro. But anyway, like these milkshakes are huge and they got all kinds of fixings and surroundings and the glass is big and it's overstuffed and apparently it's a $20 milkshake. I got to find a name of it so So I can put it over. So is it like in a contest? Like, do they, is it a contest? So you just get it. You just just get it it and you eat it and you drink it. That's it. I got to find a name. Alright, yeah, I got another. It's New York City. New York. New York City, get a rope. Um, it's man, I can't remember. New York got, got all, so New York got all the good stuff, man. man. They sure do. Yeah. And they got the Shake Shack and they got Broadway shows. But anyway. You know, we have a Shake Shack here in Baltimore. We sure do. It's downtown They're Baltimore. Too. But they good. But it is good. They it's got like burgers fresh. and shakes. Yeah. It is very fresh. They only got one size of shake, though. That's the only thing I Yeah, like. and it's kind of small. It's a kind of small and it's, shake. And it's expensive. This but frosty small. is bigger than that. Yeah. Mmm. Swig of Frosty for the working man. There you go. Oh, my God. All right. Look, we're going off on tangents, and we appreciate you listening to that. And, you know, we want to appreciate Corey Burger, B-E-R-G-E-R, Burger Cookies. Go get them in any grocery store. Check out BurgerCookies.com because he's putting over the, the podcast hard. He's yeah. sharing it on Facebook. He's liking everything. He's moving forward. He, we, we enjoy Burger Cookies. Yes, we did. Oh, man. I, I'm going to go get me some right after this. Let's do it right after this. All right. So Those are diet as well. Diet Matt. Burger Cookies. <laughs> we better not put that yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Temby, uh, personal trainer, diet burger cookies. Yeah. It might not exist if you right. Google it in your Google <laughs> machine. All right. So, you know, we're going to move on. Let's talk about a little bit about EWA Pro Wrestling. Let's just to kind of throw this out there. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Coming up. And what, what are we, two weeks away? Yeah, two weeks away from when we're recording this podcast on March 8th. Yeah, March 18th at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. The main focus of this event has always been a 16 competitor tournament and 16 you know you start with 16 it comes down to eight comes down to four comes down to two and you have a winner you know it's a single elimination tournament we've had it where it's been one-on-one matches we've had it where it's been triple threat matches we've had it where it's been fatal four-way matches we've had a lot of different matches but at the free practice session 
in EWA Pro Wrestling at the Pain Factory Training Facility. New head trainer, Ken Phoenix from Ring of Honor Wrestling. By the way, check out EWAMaryland.com. Anyway, we had some level one matches because we have a theme that you may be very interested in. It's a video game theme. I know you've seen the flyers on EWA Pro Wrestling and you've seen them on Facebook. Oh yeah, definitely, and I'm all into the video game. Yeah, it's like a video game theme, so it's like instead of it being round one, round two, round three, which could be very video game. You're moving up in levels, baby. Levels. Like Street Fighter. Levels, you know that's right. Gotta get the bison. Right, and we're gonna talk about bison because there is a final boss. I was in the pain factory with Desert Storm, as a matter of fact, as we were talking about this, and we were filming, and we were talking about we do have a final boss. So this is what's going to happen. The tournament's going to happen. 16 competitors is going to go down to 8-4-2. And then there's going to be a one-on-one -on -one match. And then the winner of that match does not win the tournament. Not yet. You have to face the final boss. You have to face M. Bison. You have to face... Shang Tsung. That's right. But you are going to face EWA Pro Wrestling Superstar from way, way back. This is a guy who's been with the company for a long, long time. He went out to do his own thing. We very much respect that. He's building himself. He's building a brand. He is the punk rock all-star, Sean Cannon. Now, I know you asked me because you were not too familiar with EWA Pro Wrestling until, you know, just about a year and a yeah. half, two years ago. Yeah. Sean Cannon actually left EWA Pro Wrestling shortly before you started watching it. But he went off and did his own thing. He's doing his own thing. Sean Cannon. And this guy has been EWA Heavyweight Champion. This guy's been pretty much every champion that you can think of. And he's won the Sweet 16 tournament in 2013 and 2014. He wants that third trophy, Big Ugly. Man, uh, three times a charm. Isn't it? Um, and I feel bad for anybody that's to go up against a two-time winner. So this guy, I mean, he's familiar with the tournament. Extremely familiar. And he's familiar. the final boss. So he's going to be rested. Oh yeah, he got. He gets to come in having faced no one, and whoever comes through this tournament on March 18th is going to have a couple of matches before him under his belt. So this person's really going to have to earn it. Anybody, but I tell you, Sean Cannon's going to have to earn it because whoever fights their way through this tournament, like Joey Badami did last year, they're you know, and he lost, but he fought his way all the way through the tournament. Hashtag Pat Anthony won the tournament. Ah, tell you what. But anyway, moving on. Sean Cannon, we gotta. I'm, I'm gonna talk about it. We gotta see if he can come on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. Yeah, man, it'd be good to have him on. You know, uh, he's a very talk a little wrestling. No, yeah, wrestling. That's a wrestling fan. That's a wrestling enthusiast, and he's a professional wrestler. That guy um, would be great to have a conversation with. So we got a couple of things happening in the EWA free practice session. So we've had a couple of levels. We got level one matches. We got level two matches. All coming up at the Sweet 16, including. Desert Storm and Apollo Cruise. Storm Cruise 2020 explodes in level two. They both won their level one matches. Oh my goodness, candidates going up against each other. This is not good. <laughs> they didn't think it was good either when it got announced when they figured out, hey, we're in the brackets and oh, we gotta face each other. Can you imagine Desert Storm versus Apollo Cruise? The real Apollo Crews. The Cruise. real Apollo Crews. This this is gonna be crazy. Oh. I don't I don't know who to root for in this match. Right. I, I just want Storm Cruise 2020, and now they gotta go against each other. They sure do. So somebody's gotta advance. I mean, there are rules to this tournament, a lot more rules than there were in Raging the Cage. And so what is the relationship after going against them? Oh my goodness. So I'm gonna assume that both of them want to win the tournament, but yeah. they're both friends. They're both brothers. 
So how is this going to happen? I don't know. I think they're going to fight their hearts out, and it's going to be a fantastic match. Who's going to come out on top? I don't know. But this is what I'd like to see at the end of it. I'd like to see them hug. I want to see him hug it out. Yeah. As long as we can get a hug, I still have confidence for 2020. If Desert Storm and TJ Sykes can hug it out, for goodness sake. Oh, that is true. Oh, my goodness. I but feel I, a little at ease now. I hope so. But let's talk about TJ Sykes for my buddy, my pal, Supremacy. Let's talk about him for a minute. So, he's in the tournament, too. And we talked about that. He went up against Grizzly O, but Grizzly O ended up laying down for him. How about that? Reluctantly. Um, reluctantly. So he advanced in the tournament. So guess who his opponent is in level two? Somebody who actually came into the tournament and has a buy into the first, from the first level into the second one. Are you talking about the legendary super cruiserweight? The only four-time cruiserweight champion in EWA Pro Wrestling history. What's Mercer? That's right. So he has a buy. Now, I'm not exactly sure how the inner workings happen, how he has a buy, but I mean, he's a legendary super cruiserweight. That's what he's got to do. So he is going to face TJ Sykes one-on-one -on -one in level two. These are two EWA veterans. And let's put this out there on EWA Pro Wrestling on Facebook. It was released and you saw this video, I believe. So not too long ago when we were filming the spot to show that Sean Cannon was coming in. Desert Storm and I were leaving the pain factory. I walked one way, Desert Storm walked the other, and lo and behold, Wes Mercer is all beat up and comes up and starts hanging on. I was like, well, what the, why is Wes Mercer beat up? So we started talking to him, and he said it was supremacy that jumped him. Supremacy jumping people again. Wes Mercer, and you know this, he's been staying out of it. Yeah, that's why I, it's really confusing because he hasn't been involved in anything, Supremacy or EWS. Nothing. He's been staying to himself. Right. He's been doing his super cruiserweight deal with the championship. So you know what they said? Apparently, they were telling him he's got to give up his title. He's got to give up his title. Because nobody can beat Wes Mercer, so they want him to give it up. You know what Wes Mercer said? Heck no. He said he ain't giving up the title. No, he's a, he's a fighting champion. He is a fighting champion. Now, will this match between him and TJ Sykes be for the cruiserweight championship? I'm not sure. Uh, it could be TJ Sykes made wait for this, apparently, last time, you know, but I don't know. Will it be? Will it not be? you got to be there to find out. But it's going to be in the second level of the tournament, and the winner will go on to advance to level three. And TJ Sykes has won this tournament before. Yeah, this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a big match. You've got TJ, who's already won this tournament before, uh, a former champion. But then you also have Wes Mercer, who wins in big matches. Right. So this is going to be a big match. Amen. We're going to see this. Main event anywhere in the country. Absolutely. And we talked about this. We're going to put this over again. The all-nighter party fighter. 40-something 40, 40 nights of partying. So straight. many and nights. And then showed up. To the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. He did. JT Moore. He's finally going to get his chance against Supremacy, and he's finally going to get his chance well-deserved at the EWA Heavyweight Championship when he takes on hashtag Pat Anthony. How do you feel about that? You like it's, JT's chances? Oh, man. I love it. Um, like I say, he's, he's filled with rage, man. They kidnapped the man. They attached things to, well, you know. Yes. But... The whole point is that he's enraged, and he, he, deserve, he deserves this. Uh, he deserves a shot. I think hashtag Pat Anthony better. You better watch out. He better. He can't underestimate him. That'd he, be the worst thing he could do. He can't, but are the numbers game, well, is that going to be in the favor of supremacy as it always is? And of course, you know, Violet, the social media ambassador, is going to be out there. Yeah, the numbers game could get overwhelming. Obviously, 
JT Moore hopefully has taken this into account I hope in some so. way. So we're going to see how that's going to work. Um, we're going to talk about another level. I, I know it went off on a tangent, but we're going to talk about another level two match coming up in the tournament. It's going to be the artist, Duran J. This guy is so talented, got a big future ahead of him, making a lot of noise in EWA, and he's taking on the EWA Maryland champion, Jason Drake. And DEW uh, veteran. That's right. A couple <laughs> times. Two times. Two times, yeah. And uh, with his girlfriend, his manager, his associate, that's going to be the Rabbit Rizzo. Now, will this match be for the Maryland championship? I'm not sure. It very well could be. But, you know, this leads to, the, you know, saying if the championships are going to be on the on the line in level two, will whoever makes it to level three, will they have to defend their championship against their next competitor? Who knows? This is so exciting. Yeah, man. I'm really excited and excited for this match because both of them are just top-notch athletes. So I can't wait to see these guys go head-to-head. Man, and it's going to be a great tournament, and we're going to get to the end, and somebody's going to have to face the final boss, Sean Cannon, the punk rock all-star. But more on that. Hey, there's one more match that's been signed for EWA Sweet 16 that we know of right now. And this is sort of an odd pairing, but it's the oddball army, so it's got to be odd, right? What else would you expect? It is the newly crowned EWA Tag Team Champions, the oddball army. John Berg and Blood, of course, accompanied by Bump and our boy Ray C. Hawkins. Um... And they're going to be taking on the team, the newly formed team of the Hamden Hammer, Bill Ward, and Pete Eibner, his personal trainer. How do you now? We were talking about this a little bit before we uh, got online here. How do you feel about this? Uh, this is a a matchup which is odd, <laughs> as, as we've already said, uh, pun intended. But yes. uh, we saw Pete Eibner get physical in uh, the last match. In figure which four. Ham- yeah, figure four. Figure four. In the last. Uh, Woo! Match that the Hampton Hammer had. So Hamden Hammerhead. Triple H. Yeah, <laughs> so uh definitely excited to see this ah. match though. It should be an odd pairing. It really but and, and you know, a lot of fan favorites in there. Yes. So you never know what's gonna happen. But this is EWA Pro Wrestling. So we got a lot to go through with EWA Pro Wrestling in March, and then we're going to have another free practice session in April, and then Faith No More 3 in May. Faith No More 2 last year is where everything turned around, you know. So uh, I'm going to tell you what. We've talked a lot about EWA Pro Wrestling, and that's going to lead right into our next interview. So uh, why don't you say we take it into a break? How about that? Let's, uh, you know, pay the bills, these gimmicks we call bills, and uh, let's do that. And let's go to the interview, the exclusive interview that I had. And I'm sorry you weren't there, Big Ugly, but this man, again, has a very busy schedule. But he contacted me, so I hit the record button, and we talked. Hey, as long as we got it on tape, I'm good. We got it on tape. We got it on recorder. We got it on DVR. What? VHS. What? DVR. What? Blu-ray. What? Uh Anyway. (laughs) So, yeah. We got it. The exclusive one-on-one interview, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast with Joey Badami. Why don't you take us into break, Big Ugly? Uh, <laughs> the Yeti. This is Dirty Mike, a.k.a. Mikey D, the voice of Maryland, and I'd like to invite you to the Pain Factory EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility, 1113 North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland, for free tryouts to be in the pro wrestling business. We also have pro wrestling birthday parties for all ages. For all that and more EWA Pro Wrestling info, contact us at 443-858-2755. Find us, like us, follow us, and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and EWAMaryland.com.
All right, we are here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast with a very special guest. This man is a busy man, but I tracked him down, and he is here to talk to us for the first time on Dirty Ugly Wrestling. This is EWA Pro Wrestling Superstar Joey Badami. Joey, how are you today? Mikey D, thanks for having me, brother. I'm doing good. A little banged up after that match, but uh, I'm happy, all things considered. You are happy, and you talk about being banged up after a match. We're talking about EWA Rage in the Cage, which happened not too long ago when you're listening to this podcast. First big event, EWA Pro Wrestling in 2017. Every single match was in a steel cage. And Joey, since you brought it up, let's talk about it, sir. Let's talk about the escape-only cage match for the EWA Heavyweight Championship that you had in the big main event against hashtag pat anthony let's just go the thoughts off the top of your head go for it joey uh you know going to that match uh, i had a lot of anger uh, a lot of disdain towards pat anthony i mean you look at our history i mean the guy to begin with ran me over the car disabled me took me out of wrestling took away my ability to walk not only that he takes away opportunity after opportunity he takes away my opportunity to get the maryland title and we win the sweet 16 tournament he's he's taken away my my opportunity to win the heavyweight title he took away my opportunity to win the first evolution contract i mean he claims that he's won all these things he didn't win anything he's always just been there to take it at the most opportune time which you know i may hate him for but it's proven success for him I, i can't i can't argue that so going to the match, obviously, I, I had a lot of aggression built up. When the match started, I left the cage, just one right after. Um, as you saw, just I did. That was a complete shock to me. I was getting in there ready to announce the main event as I usually do, and uh, you gave me this little wink when you handed me the Evolution contract briefcase, and I was thinking to myself. Joey's got something else on his mind here. And hashtag Pat Anthony did not even get down the aisle and you went out. I I could tell you had a chip on your shoulder, just as you mentioned, all of these things that hashtag Pat Anthony has done to you over so much time. You just had your opportunity and you went straight for him, didn't you, Joey? Oh, yeah. I mean, I figured the the, the match doesn't start until we're in the ring and the bell bell rings. Uh, So I was going to try and do as much damage as I could on the outside. Um... Smart plan because, you know, escape-only cage match, the more damage that you do, the better opportunity you have to escape the cage first once you both get in there. Yeah. But, as always, who's there? Violet. Turn around, take a door to the face swipe, get thrown in the ring, match starts. And as you can go, as you can see from there, I mean, Pat proceeds to use chairs, kendo sticks, um... Luckily, he was dumb enough to get to the top and try and do a, a flaunton on me, which I moved. I had enough width about me to move out of the way. And thank goodness uh, you did. That was a little bit of a comeback. Oh, man, that was spectacular on his part just to even try something like that. But, you know, way too much time getting up there, and you definitely moved out of the way. Good for you on moving out of the way because that may have ended the match right there. I mean, I was on the receiving end of a lot of different, uh, you know, combos coming off the cage. Uh, when they came to the close of the match, I went to go open the door. 
Uh, who do I see there? Violet holding the door shut. And when they decide to do, they don't, you know, they don't decide to just leave it at that. They start making things personal about my uh, my engagement, what kind of husband I'm going to be, what kind of father am I ever going to be. So I go to hit Pat Anthony with the knee. He does what he typically does. He low blows me, gives me his finisher under the chair, and escapes. And you weren't too far behind him. I mean, you were going out the door, he was going over the top, and he was just maybe a second or two quicker than you. And he did win the match. He did retain the EWA Heavyweight Championship. You mentioned Violet several times. Let's talk about this, because I've had my problems with supremacy as well. And Violet just seems to be a thorn in everybody's side. As much as Pat Anthony has done to you, Violet definitely played a part in this match. If it was not for her... You could be the EWA heavyweight champion right now. Oh yeah, they, they play off each other. It's like a it's like a codependent relationship. Sick, you know. It's just it's, it's not healthy. They just somehow they they play off each other. I, I you know it works out to their advantage all the time. I, I I don't know I don't know how I don't know why, but she she just happens to be in the right place at the right time. And it's interesting with supremacy because supremacy seems to implode from the inside a couple of different ways. And we're going to go back to evolution and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But at the end, it seemed the evolution, even though on the losing end, most of the night, the Dark Horses lost the tag team championship. Mr. Jones, the show, he lost his chance at the EWA Maryland championship, even though TJ Sykes was victorious in one last dance and I was the one that had to basically make that announcement. Basically, Supremacy he was having a bad night, overall. And they all came out at the end, raised Pat Anthony, carried him out, and he was holding the championship. And you, like you said, they, they have made this personal. Supremacy likes to make it personal. Are you still holding the torch against hashtag Pat Anthony and Supremacy? Is this over for you? It may be over in his mind, but, you know, that's fine. I can You know, I prefer he doesn't see me coming. So you uh, plan to change your tactic a little bit. This time, with the Evolution contract, you actually proclaimed and announced that it was coming because you had the Evolution contract cashing in anytime you want. I mean, Go ahead. Mikey, you, you, you've known me since I broke into the wrestling business. You, you know that I have a very dark side. You know how dangerous I can be. I do. You've brought that dark side out a couple of times, like in the final match of the Sweet 16 tournament in 2016. You know, we saw you fight a couple of grueling matches. You, you know, went back and then before the last match, you had actually partially shaved your head and you brought out this dark side of Joey Badami that I actually, to use a wrestling term, I popped for it. I loved it because I was like, now it's Joey Badami's time. This is the time. And you sort of scaled back from that. You came back. I mean, fantastic athlete, fantastic professional wrestler, great body, great build. And did you need to tap into that dark side to beat hashtag Pat Anthony in the cage? Could that have helped you? Uh, absolutely. I think, you know, just kind of putting all things aside and just, uh, Letting that dark side take over, I think it. Uh, I, I think I definitely would have beaten Pat Anthony. Tell me about that dark side. Where does that dark side come from? Uh, it, it comes from being.
being screwed over, you know. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you ever heard the Greek myth of Sisyphus, the man who was doomed to push a stone up a hill for, the, for all eternity. Okay. Kind of how I've been feeling in EWA. I've been constantly grabbing at this brass ring, and it's just been pulled out of, you know, it's right at my fingers, and it keeps getting pulled out at the last minute. So it's just, it, it, it comes from just tons and tons of just, backstabbing, getting screwed over, I mean, everything. That's a good point, Joe. I think we're going to uh, we're gonna delve into this a little bit. So let's go back to evolution. The big double ring, double ladder, battle royal. One half was for the EWA Heavyweight Championship. The other half winning was for the contract to challenge for that EWA Championship whenever you choose. Now, hashtag Pat Anthony won the title in that match. And you won the Evolution contract. So you actually showed part of that. And so you're grabbing at that brass ring. And you know that you can grab at that brass ring anytime. Could you have cashed that in as a sort of a surprise to hashtag Pat Anthony instead of giving him several weeks to prepare? You told him it was coming, Joey. You said, hey, I'm cashing it in at Rage in the cage. We're going to be in the cage for the EWA Heavyweight Championship. Could that have been possibly grabbing that brass ring if you came at it? Basically, if hashtag Pat Anthony was having a match with somebody else and you came out and interfered, cashed in the contract, beat him down, one, two, three, or escape the cage, it's over. Yeah, but my guilty pleasure, I think I just wanted a straight fight out of the guy, but with him, I don't think that's possible. Exactly, exactly. With Supremacy and hashtag Pat Anthony, that's definitely not possible. I know you're a straight-up guy. You know, like you said, I've known you since you broke into the wrestling business, and I've had an opportunity to work with you several different uh, areas, several different places, and you seem to be so close to that brass ring. What will get you there, Joey Badami? Uh, I think it's, just, it's time to turn it up a little bit. It's time to let that dark side kind of come out a little bit more and more and more. I think I've been playing to the fans a little too much, and just uh, it's time to just worry about me. It's time to just really worry about getting moving forward in this company. EWA country, the fans are definitely behind you. So, would that be a detriment to you? If I wouldn't say turn your back on them, but I would say, you know, they do support you. So I think that's a great energy to even tap into that dark side and they could support you in that as well. You're not talking about necessarily turning your back on them, just focusing more on Joey Badami. Exactly. I'm not going to turn my back on them. I think uh, the true fans are going to follow me. Um, just based on the fact that, you know, my wrestling ability and, you know, what I'm capable of. You certainly are capable of quite a lot. And um, 2016 was that year where you just about came up to the top of EWA Pro Wrestling. You were almost there. And then the beginning of 2017, you were so close. But in the main event of one of the biggest shows that EWA Pro Wrestling has ever had. And now we're going on to the Sweet 16 Tournament, March 18th. That's Saturday, Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Tickets are on sale at EWAMaryland.com, by the way. I got to get that in. Uh, but, you know, Joey Badami, Sweet 16. You almost had it last year. Will you be entering the tournament again this year? Absolutely. So you 
fought for this last year. You fought through the entire tournament. You got to the main event. It did not work out in your favor. Do you plan to be the victor? Do you plan to tap into that dark side? Is this Sweet 16 tournament for Joey Badami? That dark side is definitely going to be out for the entire tournament. And uh, I, I plan on doing nothing short of walking away the victor for this whole tournament. And the uh, Sweet 16 tournament trophy has been the precipice, if you will, for victory and for success in EWA Pro Wrestling. Everyone who has been in that tournament and won that tournament has gone on to bigger and better things and championships and things like that. That is what 2017 could be for Joey Badami. And I want to see it. I want to be there right there to see it. Um, Let's talk about, uh, let's change the channel a little bit here, Joey. Let's talk about you. Talking about breaking into the wrestling business. What drew you to the wrestling business and how did you break in? Where did you train? What, uh, what's the story there? Um, so I, I wrestled all through high school, collegiate wrestling. I wrestled in college. Um, I've, I've always been a fan of pro wrestling uh, on the backside. Always wanted to do it. Um, just never had the time, never had the money. Um, I was finally able to find somebody I could afford up in York, Pennsylvania, uh, a guy by the name of Ray Alexander. He's the same guy who trained Rich Swan, and um, he was a very good trainer. Um, started training, I'd say, about six, seven months in the business. Uh, he thought I was ready for my first show. Went out, did my first show, and uh, kind of just primarily worked up in Pennsylvania from that point on. Um took a couple of years before I came down here to Maryland, but uh, when I, once I got into Maryland, I, I started working far down as Florida. I've been up to Toronto, Chicago, Tennessee. Uh, it's taken me a lot of places. You absolutely have gotten around as far as traveling goes and getting the name and the brand of Joey Badami out there. I've worked with you in Pennsylvania. I've worked with you in Maryland. Um, I've seen you do tag team. I've seen you do singles. I've seen you do, you know, big evolution battle royal ladder matches. Uh, So you have uh, sort of the jack of all trades. You can certainly do it all. And since you've been in the business, um, do you have aspirations to go further than the uh, the local wrestling scene. Do you have aspirations to go further towards NXT, TNA, Lucha, WWE, anything like that? No, I'll try to do anything I can. I mean, I'll take, I'll go as far as this business will take me. Um, in my high hopes is that one day I would make it to NXT or somewhere in WWE. But you know, it's uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm humble but optimistic. Let's talk about your life outside of professional wrestling. Now, you did mention that Violet and Supremacy started to tap into this. Um, Joey Badami, you are uh, definitely uh, a good individual with a good head on your shoulders. Um, tell me about your career and your life outside of professional wrestling. Um, my primary career, I, I worked in the med- medical industry. Um, worked with shock trauma as a rapid response medic. Um, and I'm just recently getting out of field going back to school. I'm going to work back in the fitness industry for a little bit, just doing some advertising, some training, that kind of stuff. Um, and just working some more regular hours uh, with, a, with a wedding coming up, just something a little bit more reliable. And we're talking about a wedding. We're talking about your wedding. You're an engaged individual. Am I correct? Sir. Yes, sir. And uh, we've we've seen uh, we've seen your girlfriend. Uh, do you mind if I put her over? May I, may I mention her name? Is that all right? Oh, go ahead. 
All right, Ashley, and she's listening to Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we appreciate your support for EWA Pro Wrestling. She shares all of the posts. She likes and uh, puts out all the posts, and she's always there and bringing your friends and family to EWA Pro Wrestling. She's a great supporter, and I can't even believe that Violet and Supremacy started to attack this. I mean, you're, you're a stand-up guy. You work in the medical field. You know, you got a good head on your shoulders. You know, great relationship, and uh, you're going to be getting married. And congratulations to you on that. Thank you, sir. Now, let's talk about the wedding. So, in the WWE, anytime anybody gets married, there's always, you know, people uh, getting set on fire or uh, popping out of a casket or, you know, destroying the wedding. Is this going to be the professional wrestling wedding for Joey Badami? Uh, is there going to be a high spot somewhere in there? Um, are we going to be able to see this on the network? Uh, I want to keep it as docile as possible. <laughs> no away from any of that as possible any enemies I might possibly have <laughs> see I hope uh, the supremacy and violet and all of them I hope they don't uh, go so far as to you know dig even further into your personal life because that's you I mean it's going to be a fantastic wedding I think it's going to be a, a great thing and I'm very very proud of you and very excited for both of you to have uh, that work life balance and then the balance of professional wrestling with the passion and the talent that you have there I think that that's fantastic so, uh, again, congratulations on that, Joey. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about pro wrestling a little bit. Um, we talked about you wrestled in high school. And uh, you know what? When I went to uh, do wrestling in high school, I was ready to hit somebody with a steel chair. However, I found out it was a lot more running and a lot less hitting somebody with a steel chair. So I kind of uh, shied away from that. But I uh, respected everybody that did it. So, have you been a fan of pro wrestling for uh, much of your life? And, and if you are, what type of pro wrestling and who were your inspirations? Um, I was a fan. Pretty much the ones that got me into it, believe it or not, were Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman. Um, wow. That feud, I thought, was real. It took me so long to just try and debug it and just see what it was. And uh, it, I don't know. I just I bought into that so much. Now, uh, now, how old are you, Joe, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 30. Okay. So you just kind of saw that on the back end, I would say, because I, I even saw that on the back end because that kind of happened, you know, I believe in the 70s. Um, yep. But uh, that was kind of the first introduction to the the drama part of professional wrestling, you know, telling stories. And, um, you know, if you've ever seen the movie Man on Man in the Moon, that's exactly where I learned more about this uh, Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler feud and uh, learned about a little bit of the history of it. And then I started watching the documentaries. I'm a big fan. So you kind of caught that on the back end. What intrigued you? Was it was it Lawler as the professional wrestler? Was it Kaufman as the entertainer? What what uh, pulled you to that? Uh, I think it was Kaufman. It was just, uh, you know guy he was just so irrational and all over the place and just losing his mind over like really simple stuff picking this play with a guy he would never he would ever defeat you know it was, it was crazy but uh, i mean it just it seems so real when they went on david letterman jerry lower smacked him out of his seat oh yeah every little angle of it just caught me man i can tell you i i really enjoyed that and i still enjoy that to this day so uh, is Andy Kaufman truly dead, or is he going to pop up somewhere, somewhere in life? I, in my, in my belief, I believe he's still alive. But. 
that, that's what I thought you were going to say. If you were pulling for Kaufman and if you believed, you know, anything that he came across and this was all a show, it could be a work. He he could pull up. Oh, he he could uh, he could pull up. Oh, yeah, I believe it. I, that oh, man, that's fantastic. So let's let's talk about this. Um, Joey, are you still with me? I'm still here. I'm sorry. I had some technical difficulties. I think uh, Supremacy's trying to break into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast again. Uh, but we're going to keep them out. We're going to keep them out. Um, so you had those inspirations. You've been a fan of the pro wrestling. Do you watch the pro wrestling now? Do you watch the WWE product or any other products at this point? Uh, I catch WWE mainly on the pay-per-views. Um, if I watch anything, I'll watch PWG and then uh, New Japan Wrestling. Uh, New Japan PWE. Did you catch the catch the Wrestle Kingdom? I think it was nine. I, I don't know what Wrestle Kingdom they're on. Did you catch that back in uh, January? Of course, of course, I did. How how was that for you? What stood out on that card for you? Uh, it was spectacular. I mean, of course, I have to mention the Kenny Omega match. Oh, Kenny Omega. He is. Uh, He's under the radar, I think, you know, right now, you know, he's out there, he's doing all kinds of New Japan, all independence all over the world. Uh, I think he could be a prime candidate to step into NXT or even the WWE. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping all the rumors I'm hearing are true. Rumor and innuendo, how about that? (laughs) That's what pro wrestling is all about. So... Joey Badami, let's uh, let's wrap this up in a nice little bow. We're on the Dirty Wrestling, uh, Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast. Um, we got a lot of people listening for EWA Pro Wrestling, and we got a lot of people listening for the outside interests. What would you like the Dirty Ugly Wrestling podcast to walk away with, as far as thinking about and uh, remembering Joey Badami? Uh, I'm down, but I'm not defeated. I'm always going to come back. You always do come back, Joey. And uh, I think if you tap into that dark side that you're talking about, I'm going to try to stay out of your way. I'll announce you the best I can. I'll referee you the best I can if that's the job that I'm put into. But I think that this could be the year of Joey Badami, not only in EWA Pro Wrestling, but in life in general. This could be the biggest year of your life. Uh, Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, Joey, tell the Dirty Ugly Wrestling listeners how we can find you, how we can follow you. Um, on Facebook, just uh, my, my my one wrestling page, Joe Badami. Um, you message me, anything you need to do on there. Um, I'm working on a YouTube channel, and that's really about it right now. So you can find him on uh, Facebook. That's Joey Badami, B-A-D-A-M-I. That's Joe Badami, J-O-E. And uh, are you on Instagram, Twitter, anything else like that right now? Not at the moment. Uh, probably in the future, though. Need to get yourself out there. You need to put yourself out there more, and I'll certainly help you with that. Anything that we can put on there, I'll share it for you. And you know your girlfriend Ashley's going to show it. Your fiancé is going to share it for you because that's what she does. And she is a loyal Joey Badami fan. Could she turn heel at your wedding? Uh, I hope not. Could you turn heel at your wedding? <laughs> I really hope not. You see how I like to stir the pot? I love pro wrestling. It- <laughs> Andy Kaufman is going to be at your wedding, and he's going to end up being the officiant. Uh, I would love it. Get married by Elvis. That, that's right. That's absolutely right. Well, Joey, it's been an absolute pleasure 
talking with you on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're going to put that out there. We got the Sweet 16 coming up in EWA Pro Wrestling in the very near future in March of 2017. And so much more that uh, this could be the year of Joey Badami. Thank you so much for your time, sir. And we are going to make this the year of Joey Badami. Thank you so much, Mikey D. All right, we're going to log off here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And we're going to have an outtake here because it looks like I can't hit the stop button. I can never stop. That's not a Yeti, folks. That is Braun Strowman. Braun freaking Strowman, man. Man, I tell you what. That guy's a beast. He is a beast. No offense to the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. Although we've been we've been fantasy booking those two together, man. I I'd like have. to see that matchup. Oh, I think we could. Yeah, it's going to be not too far down the road. Yeah, it's going to happen definitely. Brock Lesnar definitely has some opponents coming down the line. Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman. He's got some opponents that he can face. Yeah, yeah. So while we're talking about that, let's talk about WWE. Fastlane, which whenever you're watching or listening to this podcast, because we're not on video yet, so you've got to be listening to it, um, it is scheduled to be on the Sunday of, what is it, the 5th, I think? Sunday, March the 5th. So you might be listening to it before, you might be listening to it after, I don't know, but it is the last pay-per-view, raw branded actually, before WrestleMania, the road, we're 30 some days away. So what is the, what, what is the very last pay-per-view before WrestleMania? That's it. Oh, it's, it's fast lane. Hold on, when's WrestleMania? Oh, it's in April. It's uh, April second or April third. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Quick. It is yeah. very soon. Around the corner. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through. I'm just gonna go through the card real quick of how it is scheduled to go down, and then you and I can go at go back and we can talk about whatever. Let's do it, man. All right. So you got a pre-show match. You got Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa. This is a cruiserweight division matchup. Tag teaming against the Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar. And Noam Dar has Alicia Fox with him now. Uh, girlfriend, I don't know what's happening here. But, you know, whatever. So we got that. The Those angles match. are weird, man. All of the angles are weird. 205 Live's not bad. But when you put 205 Live on live after SmackDown's been running for two hours live, it's kind of a strange fit. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I'm going to let you finish going. But I'm going to finish. But we're going to... Keep that note. We're going to talk All right, about I'll that. I'll keep it a note. Talk about 205 Live, down. and we're going to talk yes. about it. Because, you know, just going to go through the matches here. So let's go through just booked and just fixed up this past Monday night on Raw. We've got Sami Zayn and Samoa Joe, a grudge match, one-on-one. That's going to be cool. We've got Sasha Banks, the boss, taking on Nia Jax, who is huge, huge. She's huge. Um, she's big. Um, but we have another women's match. Two women's matches. We've got Bailey defending the women's championship against Woo Charlotte. And uh, who knows if Charlotte's uh, protege, what's her name? Uh, Dana, Brooke. Dana Brooke. Yeah, I, I can't even remember because she hasn't been on TV anymore. Who knows if she's going to be there? Well, they, she was on Raw. Uh, she was on Raw. She didn't say anything. She just stood there, yeah, basically, yeah. and was a second to Charlotte. But that's okay. That's what she does. Uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, the club, defending the tag team championships of Monday Night Raw against Enzo and Cass. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? And uh, so 
That's going to be interesting. We've got a cruiserweight championship match. Neville, the new heel dark persona Neville, taking on the gentleman Jack Gallagher. Uh, coming out with the umbrella and got the cool music. You know, something like that. It's pretty interesting. And then you've got your bigger matches of the evening. And I do mean big, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, number one, you've got Roman Reigns. The guy. He is. And, you know, face, heel, love him, hate him, what? You got Roman Reigns against who we just put over big time, Braun Strowman. How about that? And you have the main event for the WWE Universal Championship. Kevin Owens defending against Goldberg. And I have a lot to say about that. So why don't you just jump in anywhere, Big Ugly? Why don't you just take a name, take a topic and let's go. All right, so since I first started on 205 Live, you I'm, I'm going to pick up there. So, number one, I, let me just mention Neville real quick since ah. he's a champ. Let's talk about the champ. Mm-hmm. I like heel Neville. I like this. You know, when I remember watching Neville in NXT and I thought to myself, I could never see this guy as like a heel. Right. But he's actually doing a good job as a heel. Let he me really tell you what is. I don't like. I, I know this has got to be Vince. This whole king gimmick about <laughs> the, I, the king of the cruiserweights. Right, yeah, I feel like I feel like that's West this, Mercer, by the way. But anyway, right, yeah, I on. feel like Vince has this thing about British guys, and they have to like have this angle of being <laughs> some type of British royalty, a king. I mean, because didn't Regal used to kind of do like a very snobbish royal kind of thing? Uh, he did. He's had a lot of uh, gimmicks, yeah, including yeah. the uh, man's man, right. William Regal, oh, yeah, that which was, was like a lumberjack, which yeah. is terrible, but. He's a man, yeah. you know, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> I, it could be a Vince thing. It yeah, very well. And, and then of course, thing. yeah, King Barrett. Uh, they took Bad News Barrett away from Barrett, and made him King Barrett, and that was terrible because uh, Bad horrible. News Barrett was a great gimmick. Yeah. I've got some bad news, man. Just putting him up on that podium, yeah. and playing that music. I'm uh, afraid. Oh man, yeah. it was great. It was great. But anyway, all right. Let's so go. That's that. Two o five live. Yes. In danger of being canceled. You know, I think it's in danger of changing its place on the food chain. I don't know how much longer. Now, they've already got the live feed and the live set up for SmackDown, so why not, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but in my opinion, I, I don't know. It's at a very strange time slot. I get that it's after SmackDown and people are already watching wrestling, So, but you're already trying to watch three hours of wrestling the night before on Monday Night Raw. So I don't know if the time slot makes sense right. now if it's working if it's not working if the crowd is dead if they're pumping in the feed with the with the sound i mean i've watched 205 live a couple times and it's pretty entertaining yeah i mean i guess once again it's kind of what you're saying just too much wrestling at some point it's just too much wrestling but yeah the word is in the company is that you know vince already not in love with cruiserweights we know that of course um isn't in love with the fan reaction and how things are going with 205 right live so with that being said, I mean, it could be in danger of getting canceled. I think it's like what you said. Um, it could be the time slot. But even past the time slot, when you're watching the Cruiserweight matches uh, on Raw, I mean, the crowd is dead, man. Yes. It's, it's dead. Well, because, you know, they had the Cruiserweight Challenge or the Cruiserweight Tournament over the summer last year. And that was in a more confined, you know, the NXT arena, right. you know, Full Sail University. Yeah. And everybody was into it. Everybody was... Uh, you know, the crowd, like everybody, you know, and a lot of people knew who these guys were from indies and from overseas and all kinds of other different wrestling. The bigger crowd, you know, the 10, 15,000, you know, crowd, it's going to be harder to play into that, you know? So they got to find a different way to promote 205 Live. And I think they're doing okay with the characters. Neville, they're doing with Jack Gallagher, you know, they had TJ Perkins with the whole video game entrance, you know? I think it has potential, but 
I don't know, potential to be more than just one or two segments on Raw that are sort of the come down segments right. or the lead, you know, in the second to third hour when everybody's kind of dying off anyway. Yeah. I'm not sure. But I agree with you. I love the heel Neville did. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. Heel Neville, pretty good. Um, I don't. Oh, this is the part. It's funny. I don't like how uh, Alicia Fox, who's she with? Alicia Fox is with Noam no, Dar. I, I feel like in this day and age, the whole girlfriend thing, it, it just doesn't work anymore. What, what do you think about that? You know, I mean. If you take a, if you take a woman, right, and you say. I'd like to take a woman. No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. If you, if you have a woman, let's say she's your valet or she's your manager. Sure. Or she's your social media ambassador. <laughs> right. So. When you when you, when when a woman actually has a role, it's like it's a little bit different than just trying to go with the whole romantic yeah thing. And I feel like because you've exploited the business so much now, there's so much is open that that's like the most unbelievable part. I mean, you have things like Total Divas, right? Which Alicia Fox is part of, and then it's like she's supposed to be paired up with. I remember at one point Natalia was supposed to be the girlfriend of the Big Kali, and it was like, what? Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, the great Kali. How about that? Oh, yeah, the I'll great Kali. Yeah, I said the no, big that's not yeah. the big. He was yeah. big. He, yeah. yeah, very big. Uh, but I, tell, I, I gotta agree with you. At the girlfriend angle. I mean, it's just kind of, it's kind of played out. You know, it's, it's, you know, unless you're gonna do a huge like marriage segment like TNA Wrestling did not, oh, not too long ago over the past month or two, which has been good. You know, the girlfriend thing just kind of played out. Alicia Fox really didn't have anything to do, unfortunately, um, which is crazy because the women's division on all three shows is hot, and she's a fantastic wrestler, in my opinion. Absolutely, man. Uh, so they, uh, giving her a little bit of a push would be nice. Yeah. Dude, can I just skip something real quick? And we're going to get back into Fastlane. Let's lane. get back But into you it. talked about women, man. I did. Oh, my gosh. That opening segment with Maurice, Nikki Bella, John Cena, and The Miz on SmackDown was great. I tell you. I'm going to break you, B. I, I was like, whoa. Man, and, and you kind of saw it coming, you know, from what has happened in Elimination Chamber. You know, the Miz and John Cena kind of getting in each other's way. And, you know, kind of seeing Maurice kind of stepping up with Miz, and you got to figure that Nikki Bella's going to step up with John Cena. I like the mixed tag idea that they're heading towards for WrestleMania. That segment that you're talking about on SmackDown, I didn't realize it was 21 minutes long. That's kind of long, yeah. But it, I didn't care. Because I was so enamored with the segment that when it was over, I'm like, oh, man, I want him to keep going, you know? And then I looked at the clock, and I'm like, man, it's almost 8.30. Like, holy yeah. crap. They could have done a whole yeah. sitcom in this time. But man, they were so enamoring. The Miz gets hey, the so Miz, much underrated. I mean, he come is on. on fire right now, man. It's like when he was going on John Cena, you believed that he believed the words that was coming out of his mouth. You know what I mean? Like, you felt that kind of like the same instance when he had with Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah. It, it was kind of that moment where it's like he felt, you could feel like he felt like some of the stuff that he was saying was true and that he believed it. And that's what it's all about, man. It and is. same thing with Cena when he came back. Exactly. And Cena's not playing into a gimmick or a character. He's just kind of reacting as himself. They're playing amped up versions yeah. of themselves. And I'm liking that they're not being afraid to bring some of that real life, you know, stuff that everybody knows about, like Cena's issues with The Rock and things like that to the forefront. Um, and how Cena's essentially almost doing the same thing as Rock. He he hasn't disappeared, you know, like The Rock did, but he is starting to get more involved with Hollywood. He, you know, his schedule is 
you know, come down a bit than it used to be. So, And The Miz made such good timing with all of his points. I mean, it didn't. I enjoyed The Miz talking for 10 minutes. And John Cena, his reactions were so believable and so just genuine that I was like, man, this is great. And then when you saw Maurice come up and step up and take the microphone, your first thought is, Oh man, Nikki Bella's gonna have to come out and break this up. And she did, her music hit, it got a pop. John Cena, who's been loved and hated so much, now he's over. You went from the Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks, which Cena actually delves into. <laughs> then at the end of the promo, you got him chanting Cena, Cena. You got him cheering for Cena and Nikki Bella. You got him booing The Miz at Maurice, and they're so good at what they're doing. The match, I, I'm so glad that that's gonna happen at WrestleMania. That's what they're leading to. Absolutely. But, you know, next week on SmackDown, depending on when you're watching this, they get a warm-up match. So you got John Cena and Nikki Bella versus the Chin of Chins, James Ellsworth. Any man with two hands can, you know, have Carmella to per, back him up. I, I don't much, know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what that it, is. It ain't win a match. <laughs> so I got to tell you, and The Miz, what a year of 2016 he had, and what a year of 2007. I mean, this guy has hardly ever, if ever, been injured. Now he's got his wife by his side so they can, you know, work and play at the same time. Man, it's such a good deal. Man, I'm I'm loving SmackDown, man. But all right, I drew us away from... You did. I, I drew us away from Fastlane. Let's get back into Fastlane. Let's get back into Fastlane because right. we're going to jump into SmackDown later. Yeah. So what's your next topic? So next topic, uh, Enzo. So it was on... I don't think it was this previous Raw that just happened. It was a Raw before that. Okay. I, I can't remember because I didn't see the Raw, but from what I read, I think Enzo got... Knocked out, and the crowd started chanting, thank you. Do you remember who? Yes. Was it Sheamus that did it? Could have been. I think. Could have been Sheamus or Cesaro. Yeah, it could have been. Somebody kept saying, thank you. Oh, it was was the number one contender match for the tag team titles because they were facing Sheamus and Cesaro. Right. And so Enzo gets knocked knocked out, and the crowd starts chanting, thank you, Sheamus, uh, for knocking out Enzo. Um is Enzo falling out of favor with the with the audience, or was it just that particular arena? Because it wasn't really the same reaction this past week. No, because you know when their music hit, they got the pop. They came out, they talked, and they did their little their little deal. And I think um, I can't remember who their opponents were on Monday Night Raw. Was it the it was, Shining it was, Stars? It was the cl- no, he, uh, no only only. Um, not oh, Enzo, but... Uh, right, it was, it was Cass. Luke Gallows versus Cass. That's what it yeah. was. It was one-on-one to set up. That's right. what, I'm sorry. The Shining Stars showed up a couple times on uh, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, passing out their time. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, I love that. Hey, it's that, funny. Yeah, I'll take gimmick, that gimmick. Yeah. The gimmick is it's stupid, but it's hilarious <laughs> at the same time, man. Come to Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah I'll go to Puerto Rico. And out those timeshares. Oh, man. But yes, uh, I will tell you, as far as Enzo and Cass goes, I think they're more over with the live crowds, um, you know, more so than the TV crowds. Yeah. And I think that on the TV crowds, they're falling a little flat. And the thing is, they they got Enzo and Cass kind of being pushed in different directions. When Enzo got injured, it kind of happened. They were kind of shooting big Cass up there a little bit to the moon. They're still good as a tag team, but I really think that big Cass can still get over as a big man doing it by himself. Enzo being his second, perhaps. But Enzo's really good in the ring, but Enzo's also pretty entertaining on the mic here and there. You can't let him go all the time. Right, and I think that 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 could be part of the risk is is overexposure. Mm. Now, the funny thing is is that... um, the New Day hasn't really fallen into that. The fans haven't fallen out of love with the New Day. 
Um, but I think it's because they play off of each other. You know, it's not just one on a mic the whole time. Right. Where most of it is just always Enzo. And I think that what they got to do is they got to make Enzo not just seem like the joke or right. just a mouthpiece, you know, and then he gets hit and knocked out. And, and you know what I'm saying? While Big Cass has to, like, pick up the pieces, um, you have to start booking both of them strong right. as, a, as a team, you know, so it's like, oh, Enzo can back up the words, too. You right. know what I mean? Not just Cash, so. And it's kind of hard to book them strong as a team when the tag team division is kind of eh in Monday Night Raw. You yeah. know, it's it's okay, but it's not getting the huge push that it could be getting. But if something happens sometime in the near future because somebody, two people, did not re-sign with TNA Impact Anthem Entertainment. Oh, man. And you we're talking I had, about. I was going to bring that up. Delete. Delete. <laughs> delete. The Broken Hardys. It's been all over Twitter. It's been all over Facebook. They did not re-sign with TNA. They did not re-sign with Impact. So they're going to be happy to continue to play out what they got and get written off. But you know what? I would say if I was Vince McMahon, I would have been in negotiations with them a long time ago. Let me tell you something. I, I, I probably, honestly, Triple H is a guy that always has his ear to the ground, right? Um, especially when it comes to, you know, hot content. I, I'm pretty sure Triple H has already spoken to Vince about bringing these guys back because they are a hot tag team. The whole Broken Hearties thing, hot gimmick. I mean, hot. there's no way you don't bring this back to WWE. Let them finish out their careers. You know, look, they're already bringing Kurt back. Bring the Hardys back. Let them, you know, they're on their last quarter of their careers. Why not, man? Then ride, a couple ride years, the put them in the Hall of Fame. Right. Both because think about it. You, It's a win for you because then what's going to happen is they're probably very li- they're very little super loyal fans of TNA that don't already watch WWE. Right. But you figure you have a lot of loyal fans that watch TNA because of the Hardys. Um, you're just bringing them right over to WWE. So, it's a win. It's a bank. I yeah. hope they do it. And I hope they do it sooner than later. I mean, they got big right. surprises yeah. for the night after. Don't let it dry up. No, no, no. Yeah. You know, you got it hot. You got a bank on it now. Right. Because it's hot on the internet. It's hot, you know, on YouTube. It's hot. And Twitter. Bank on it. What if they make an appearance at WrestleMania? Ah, oh, man. That they, probably wouldn't happen, though, right? Yeah, you, think? you never know. I think it would be better for the night after. I think they should tease it. At WrestleMania, tease okay. it leading up to, and then that Monday Night Raw after, which is always one of the biggest Raws anyway, add to it. Yeah. Bring them out there. And I think that would be great. Give them segment one that, or segment two at the yeah. hour mark. You know what I'm that, saying? The pop in that crowd would be ridiculous. I just want to hear that piano start playing, and then all of a sudden you see Matt Hardy's wife, Rebby, playing the piano. You see she's got the little baby thing on, King Maxwell, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you hear, I fade away and classify myself <laughs> as obs. You see, oh, <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I just dig it so much, man. And if they were able to do these cinematic storylines like th- that they do with TNA, like at the Hardy compound or just out in the yeah. world, man. Right, because I mean, WWE already ripped off of the final deletion, so. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I'm excited. So we go off on tangents, but I said we got a lot to talk about leading up to WrestleMania, yeah. right. brother. Fast lane. Let's keep going. Let's talk about All right, let's follow along. Oh, by the way, yeah. the New Day are the hosts of WrestleMania, so they're not, they're not wrestling. Involved. They're not competing but I'm okay with that because they're the most entertaining thing and as you say they play off of each other all of them very very well and I think they would be great hosts who hosted last year last year was there a host was there a host in Dallas I don't think there was a host was there? no the year before that was 
That was in San Francisco. Yeah, the year before that was San Francisco. And did they have a host I don't think there? The last host I think they had of WrestleMania was at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans, which was Hulk Hogan. Right. Okay. And that's another one who should come back to the WWE. Yeah, man. They got to bring the Hulkster back. Come on, man. Yeah. Stop, Get him stop, out of yeah. deletion. Yeah, stop, ah. playing, yeah. <laughs> stop playing around. Ooh, so, ooh, okay. Ooh, sorry, I'm. I just man. No, no, you're you. fine. So, okay. Fast so, lane? Is that what we're talking about? Fastlane, yes. New Day's hosting. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. No match set up. No match. All right. Uh, okay. So, what do you want to talk what? about? Fastlane. All right. Who else we got? Oh, we got uh, Roman and Braun. Roman and Braun. Let's go there. Let's do it. So you like Braun? I know you're a Braun fan. Yeah, I'm a Braun fan. Um, Braun's been going strong, man. So I have to definitely take Braun on this one. He he beats Roman in this. Oh, you gonna say you gonna put him over? Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, man. Braun Strowman goes over Roman Reigns at Fastlane. So if that leads into Roman Reigns possibly taking on the Undertaker, from what we saw at the Royal Rumble, does that give? Does that because Roman Reigns is almost unbeatable at this point, without being some kind of cheating. Yeah. Because Braun, if he's going to go over, he's going to go over clean. Who's going to help him? Right. What's going to be the point? Yeah, Unless so, the Undertaker interferes somehow. So do you think, all right, so would they do that, though? Have Undertaker interfere, and that would kind of set him up as a heel, although you, you really can't make Undertaker a heel. Nobody. You can't make anybody a heel against Roman Reigns. Right. Because Roman Reigns Roman is going to get yeah, booed he's anyway. the biggest heel in the business. <laughs> yes. And if they yeah. actually turn him heel, that's yeah. money. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's only a matter of time. I don't think they have to do it yet, but they could. Because they need a big, strong heel presence. Right. Because Kevin Owens right now is the biggest, strongest heel presence on Monday Night Raw. And, you know, he's got to roll one way. You need another big, strong heel presence. Yeah. That could be Roman Reigns. Right, yeah, it could be. So, why not? I mean, Gives I think, him a whole well, new crop of opponents. But here's the other thing. Too. I think that they're trying to mostly do that with Braun Strowman, though. They're trying to make him the big second bad heel. But he's getting over, though. But that, I know, but that's WWE's issue. <laughs> when they try they try to make somebody heel and it gets over, they try to make him the top baby face and everyone hates him. So And and they listen to, and this is something I was talking about offline, WWE watches, you know, what what hits get on the network, what hit gets on YouTube, you know, what hits get on the website. They, they listen to people and eventually they're going to cater, and even if it's like the reverse psychology thing, they're going to cater to what the people eventually want to see, which we saw, and I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but at the end of SmackDown, Randy Orton. The man who said, I will not face Bray Wyatt. He is my master. I am his servant. And then a couple weeks later, he burns down the Wyatt compound and he says, I am here. He burns Sister Abigail's ashes and the worms and he said, I'm coming for you. And this is after AJ Styles won a number one contendership. AJ is pissed. Pardon my language. But they got all of them. So you want to talk about people turning. So does that mean it turns into a triple threat? It could I don't see AJ getting out of the title shot, and I don't see where they can't give Randy Orton the main event. I'm not a huge fan of triple threat matches. I see what Stone Cold's talking about, yes. about because their triple threats are kind of hard to follow and they're kind of hard to plan, but it gives them an opportunity to work with each other and, and give each other a little bit of a break here and there. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I love the actual segment of Randy Orton turning on Bray Didn't Wyatt. You? It was great. I just don't like the timing of it. I mean, just think, two weeks prior, he just said, okay, I'm, I'm not going to face you. And then, you know, pretty much there's nothing that happens in between. There was no there was no rift or anything where you see, like, this big setup for this betrayal. But then you just skip two weeks, and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just burning down everything, and I want to face you. So I, I don't know. I mean, if somebody could break that down to me. I'm going to break it down to you. Okay. SmackDown is live now, right? Yeah. Okay, so... 
that you really have little chance for spoilers beforehand. So if you bring it out on a live show and you make it a surprise, it has more impact. Because say that happened on a house show or you had the build up or whatever it was, people been kind of thinking for months now that it's gonna happen during a match or it's gonna happen when you expect it to happen. The WWE swerved you and had it happen when you least expect it to happen. That's your NXT writing staff right there that you talk mm. about. Uh, uh, that you makes see what sense. I'm saying? That makes a lot of sense, yeah. So, cause nobody had any idea that when Bray Wyatt was gonna make his invocation or whatever it was at the end of the show, that Randy Orton was gonna pop up on the screen and he was gonna turn on Bray Wyatt the way he did. Nobody thought that was coming. Not at True. that time. Yeah. So that's that's how I'm breaking it down. What do you think? I mean, I, I see what you're saying. You see I what guess, I'm saying. I guess I'm just thinking about just straight. I, I get the point of trying to protect it to be the surprise. But I'm just thinking about story, just story-wise. It's like, if this was the case, why, like, why did he agree not to fight him and then want to fight him? Like, like wh where's the reason for the switch? I guess... He, he tried to explain it at the beginning of the promo where he said, a long time ago, if you can't beat him, join him. And now I say, screw him. And that was his words verbatim. Yeah. So I mean, then again, he is a viper, so he, technically he can strike at any time. That's too, right. So that's part of it. And I, I kind of called this a long time ago when he all of a sudden turned heel and went with the Wyatts because he kept on getting beaten down and, and everything by the Wyatts. And he was like, well, can't beat him, join him. So I always thought it was a ploy for Randy Orton to get in there and get well in the intricate workings, break up Luke Harper, who's, by the way, Luke Harper versus AJ Styles, awesome, fantastic. That, that, that guy can work, man, for a big man. Luke Harper can work, and he yeah. kicked the bejesus out of Shane McMahon in the face. Yeah. On the outside. So, and I've heard rumors, of course, of Shane McMahon getting involved with Luke Harper or getting involved with AJ Styles. I don't want to see Shane McMahon get involved too much. I'm okay with him not getting involved. I want to see the other workers get their due. But anyway, we went off on a yeah, Shane had his big comeback last year. You know, that's surprised everybody. He had a lot everybody. more than I, I think anybody expected. I think we're good. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, we, we go back to where we were. We, we, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. You say Braun Strowman's going to go over. You think it's going to be clean. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I'm excited to see these two bulls clash because there's going to have to be a ring general in there, and it's going to have to be Roman Reigns. Absolutely. So that's going to be interesting to see if they can both hold up their end of the bargain without having a big, huge veteran superstar main eventer on the other side yeah, of the where, ring. Where are they going for WrestleMania with Braun Strowman? Because... Obviously, we're, we're leading to a Roman Reigns Undertaker. Uh, you would think so. Yeah. Um, although John Cena also mentioned the Undertaker, <laughs> which kind of like I mean, you that know, was a shoot. I popped for that. Yeah. Because when he said, I, "People don't want to see me in the ring against you; they want to see me against the Undertaker." Yeah. And people popped, and he let, let it go for like 15 yeah. seconds. So I'm still hoping for that John Cena Undertaker WrestleMania match. Will it happen this year? I don't know. Probably it could be not. swerving everybody, yeah. but I doubt it. But depends on how much time Undertaker has right. left in him. All right. Because he was in bad shape. But anyway. Yeah. So here we go. Undertaker's way. I mean, one one year he'll show up in good shape. You're like, oh man, he's looking good. Next next minute he's in. I mean, he's he's unpredictable. But anyway, yeah. so going back to Strowman, yeah. like, I wonder where they go with him for WrestleMania. Um, whether he wins or loses to Reigns, uh, what do it's, they do? It's with, or do they just put him in like a battle royal just to get him out there? Because I hope cause not. He's not really in an angle right now. 
He's not really in an angle, but they're pushing him so Except far. Gets right. uh, are they right? Well, I mean, are they pushing him for an, uh, an angle on his own, or are they pushing him just to be that dominant? Could he win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? You know, because I mean, could they promote the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal a little more with all these dominant forces that could get in there and win it, or do they do the same thing as last year and bring up a, you know, somebody who hasn't been in the WWE like Baron Corbin and have him in? I don't know. Right. I, 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 that's my idea. I mean, you said the Battle Royal just to get him out there. I, yeah, I could see him. Yeah, I could. Andre I could, the Giant yeah, Memorial Battle Royal. I could see it because he's got this angle with Reigns now, but you know Reigns is going to Undertaker. So I would think so. So it's like you know this has to be put on halt for a minute. I um, hope so. But yeah. So all right, who else we got? So I'm we excited got, about that man. Let's talk about the main event, man. Let's go ahead and talk. Main let's just jump event. into it. Goldberg, Kevin Owens. Um, here's my thoughts. Go ahead, Goldberg. Goes into WrestleMania, the Universal Champion. I am afraid to tell you that I feel the same thing. I got a bad feeling. <laughs> I've got some bad I news. Bad hey, that's news. a good. I got a bad feeling. That's a good one. I do. Right, that's my gimmick. When I we go gotta to do that for the gimmick. Yeah, yeah I got a bad I got a feeling. Bad feeling. <laughs> you know, and the, my problem with that is you've got so many guys that have been working on so many shows and traveling so many dates a year. You know, busting tail, trying to make ends meet trying to get over and you got Goldberg who comes in and who's gotten to squash Brock Lesnar twice basically and every time he's got a, a main event spot or a prime spot on television or somewhere in in the uh, the pay-per-view now he's in the main event against Universal Champion Kevin Owens and I gotta say you gotta be right because they need something else to build up this Goldberg Lesnar match. Yeah. And I would love to see not only Lesnar win at WrestleMania, but go and take the championship. Uh, and that's 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 I'm exactly okay where I was that. going with that. I, I think it's less about putting Goldberg over, giving him one last title run. I think it's less about that and just more about getting the title back to Lesnar and having Lesnar be that top guy. For the Raw brand. And that main attraction that um, comes around every once in a while, and right. then you have everybody else fighting for a shot at the title. Right, because my thing is, uh, Les they're going to set Lesnar up for a new feud, which you have to, because Goldberg's about to be gone. So what better way than to set him up as a champion where somebody else has to come after him, right? You let Owens go on to feud with Jericho um, right after, because I'm thinking Jericho's going to screw Owens. Absolutely. Somehow. I think right. that's how Goldberg would win the title. Right, exactly. And I think that, I mean, I mean, not that Goldberg couldn't. I mean, if he squashed Brock Lesnar twice, yeah. there's no reason why he couldn't but, squash Kevin right. Owens. And that's, see, that's the other thing. It's like, how do you play it off? Because it's like, why would Jericho need to interfere? Because you don't have Goldberg squash Lesnar and then go have him go in and say, oh, you actually have to have a match with Kevin Owens. You don't do that. So... I think it could be not a squash match, but it, you know, you could lead up to the match and you could have Jericho interfere right away. You could have Brock Lesnar interfere right away. You might not ever get to the match. True. But I think at the end, and I think it'll get over because Goldberg's been getting over. I think it'll get over with the main WWE universe. Uh, Goldberg wins the championship. Oh, yeah. No, people are going to love it, man. I mean, it's it's Goldberg. You know what I mean? It's, like, <laughs> it's Goldberg, man. He, he's on that legendary status just like, you know, Undertaker. Like, the you know, the crowds can't. All right. Maybe I shouldn't compare Goldberg to Undertaker. That, <laughs> that might be a little wrong. But he's, I mean, he is, I feel he like is a legend. You get it. it. You know, it's like if you put the, if you put the belt on him. You can't get the you can't get the fans to turn against them. Well, this is the same thing that they did last year when Triple H won the Royal Rumble and they put the belt on him. Like, why do you put the belt on the owner of the company when you have 
hundreds of people working underneath of you that can legitimately use that belt. The reason is you're going into the biggest show of the year. You're going into WrestleMania. So you want to get those buys. You want to get those rates up. You want to get that net, those network su- subscriptions. So you want to see, and I, I guess this is really good placement by the WWE, having Goldberg versus Kevin Owens. And if you have Goldberg go over and go in as the champion against Brock Lesnar, what, yeah, for the title... What kind of main event do you make? Right, yeah, I mean, because it's like, if you think about it, you already have the belt, one belt, on someone that's kind of... Bray Wyatt is not a new guy, obviously, but he is a younger talent, you know, um, as far as superstars. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's like WWE has had this history of wanting to keep putting the championships, especially coming up on WrestleMania, with known guys that everybody from most generations can be like, hey, I know that guy. Right. I want to see what happens. So... Goldberg's that guy this year. You know, we've seen it done with Rock. We've seen it done with Triple H. We've seen it done with Brock Lesnar. Um, so, Goldberg is next. So, Goldberg's <laughs> next. So, that's what we're saying. We're both saying, and I'm a little reluctant, but I understand, and I I, I pop for it. I'll be okay, because they're going to tell a good story, whatever it is. Yeah. It's going to be fun. And it's going to lead into setting up both matches for WrestleMania. Right. So, yep. I'm there okay with that. All right, let's move into the women's division here. So, we got... Uh, who did you say? We got Nia Jax versus... Sasha Banks. Versus the boss. Who's been uh, on that leg injury for a while. And uh, Nia Jax has just been plowing through people. And they're they're making Nia Jax out to be a big name. They don't have her in the title picture yet. But uh, I see that being, you know, a uh, fun match. Yeah, that's a, that's a no-brainer. She's definitely going to get there. But. I think she's going to go over on Sasha. I think Sasha's still uh, fighting injury, you know, and Sasha doesn't need to win or to get over. I think she's going to be there to put Nia over, and Nia's going to be involved uh, coming up later in the um, – well, I mean, it could go a couple different ways. I think Nia could go over, but I think they've been building Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte to have sort of their own th- triple threat match at WrestleMania, yeah. kind of like they did last year with Becky Lynch, but just replacing out Bailey this time. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you're probably right. Um Charlotte's tan, man. Yeah, she's really tan and she's really blonde. Yeah, <laughs> and she's really building up. I'm I'm more of a fan of Charlotte every single day. Woo. Yeah, I think that. I mean, honestly, she's 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 on top of her game in the women's division. I feel like out of all the women that have come up, her and Becky Lynch, I feel like are the most comfortable up here on the main roster. Like they just like really dug out something for themselves on the main. Roster. It's yeah. not to say anything else about. Any of the other girls. No, no. But. I feel you. Yeah. And we talked about, like, Dana Brooke. You know, she's kind of playing her supporting role, and that's yeah. fine. And Bailey's getting still getting her feet wet. They got Emma coming back. They just need to put Dana Brooke back with Emma. Did you see what they did with her? I, dude, I, I didn't see that, but I, I, I didn't see it live. But I went back and watched it. Her coming out and then pretty much saying she's reverting back to Emma. Yep. I didn't understand it. I like what? Like what? they built up those vignettes yeah. for months about Emmalina, yeah, and Emmalina, and she's like, "All right, Emma's coming back." Like what the? F- I mean, it's got you shaking your head. It's got us talking about yeah. it. Maybe that's why. But hey, whatever. Whatever. Same thing with uh, what's her name? Uh, the red chick, Eva Marie. Yeah. Yeah. So you what, know they what built her. Well, they built her up and built her up and built her up, and then they had her playing this angle where she was having finding some excuse not to wrestle every time, and I think she actually did get injured. Like, she got no. Like, she got suspended. Did she get suspended? Yeah. Did she, she got, break the drug policy? Yeah. Son of that's a. what it was. She got suspended around the same time that Paige got suspended. Um, her suspension came as well, but they just never brought her back after that. That's true. Because has she been on NXT? Nope. Yeah. I don't. 
Nope. I don't know what's going on with her then. Cassius Ono, Chris Hero, came back to NXT and is uh, taking on Bobby Roode coming up for the championship. Shinsuke Nakamura is uh, coming back hopefully soon from injury. Finn Balor's been seen at NXT, so it looks like he's going to re-enter the WWE through NXT, which I'm actually happy about. Let me... I'm going off on tangents. Hey, that's what There's we so do, much to We're talk not about. right. We're, We're not, not wrong. wrong. We're just fans. We're just fans. And fans go on tangents. That's right. And that's what we do. We did this when we worked together, you and me, Big Ugly. And yes. We did this all day long. But let me tell you something about it. You mentioned Paige. Yeah. So they are making a movie about her life and her career yeah. when Paige is not even actually an active roster member right now. Well, I heard The Rock had more... Something to do with that. He the really Rock, wanted This was like his project. It is his project, and he's uh, either producing or directing or whatever the case may be. Um, and actually, AJ Lee, who is CM Punk's wife, is actually in the movie. Are you serious? Oh, I'm They got serious. AJ Lee to be in a WWE. Oh, she did. And AJ Lee, they were at Raw a week or two ago or whatever it was. They were filming spots for this movie. They yeah. were filming shots, and uh, they did show it afterwards on all the social media that The Rock came out, and The Rock actually got on the phone because they were chanting for CM Punk because AJ Lee was out there and then The Rock got on his cell phone he's like wait a minute let me just call CM Punk right now and apparently Punk didn't pick up the phone and he left a message for legit for CM Punk on the phone and then uh, The Rock was just playing in between takes or whatever it was and eventually Vince's music kit and Vince came out and he was like you're fired and just ran away just doing what Vince does yeah so unbelievable! Uh, I get, and I still think there's hope for CM Punk. There's money to be made there, dude. There's hope for CM Punk. The uh, fence could be mended. I know they've had some actual legal issues, so I don't know how that goes. Because if you remember, everybody's had legal issues with Vince. Doctor, Come on, man. but Doctor Amen was suing Punk, so I, I don't know how that how that will go. And then settle out of court. I think WWE is suing Punk. Give so, him money, right? Um, but here's the thing. There's money to be made. The door, I think, would be open. But it's all it's all on Punk, really, if he wants to come back. I also heard during that instance that Vince actually didn't want Rock to call Punk. And Apparently that, not. He was and, and that a ref was telling him, like, that he, you know, he was getting... He was, yeah, it was in the earpiece. Yeah. Because basically, Vince was back in a gorilla position behind the thing. Yeah. Rock was out in the ring, and they sent referees or whoever was out with the earpiece to the ring and yeah. said, man, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. But what are you going to do? Stop the Rock? Exactly. How you going to stop the listen, Rock? Listen, Rock does whatever he wants. Notice, he doesn't care. Like, uh, just like when he went out there that one time and engaged with the fans that were, like, all dressed up. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And it's oh, like, yeah. they were upset about that. But it's like, Rock does and says whatever he he wants what are you gonna do to right, the what are you gonna do? <laughs> exactly he's the he's the highest paid actor in hollywood you know uh the most recognizable face of wwe today when you consider most relevant talent you know what i'm saying that have like moved on um so it's like yeah you can't do anything you to the can't rock. do anything to the rock so tangents Dude, aside if cm punk came back that would be Oh, it's huge. No matter when it happens or how it happens, but it'd be huge. Jericho did say something, you know. Jericho was on uh, Chael Sonnen's podcast. Right. And Chael Sonnen asked him about that. And, you know, Jericho, he made some good points. He was like, you know, he doesn't really know how that atmosphere would be because CM Punk, you know, he's talked a lot of stuff about people on the WWE roster. And, you know, Jericho's like, he's really alienated himself from the locker room. Now, that doesn't really mean much because Vince has brought back guys that, you know, the NWO, nobody wanted the NWO to come to WWE. <laughs> nobody in the locker room voted for him, but Vince brought him back. Yep. But um, 
But yeah, I mean, it could be a little rocky for Punk, but I don't think he's the type of guy that cares. So I don't think he cares if he was get a payday out of it. If he was going to get his main event WrestleMania out of it eventually, you know, I think he'd be fine with it, and I think the fans would be fine with it. It's money to be made, it's network subscriptions to be made, it's merchandise to be sold. It's a cash cow. You let it simmer and simmer and simmer, and eventually, boom, there it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I see Punk going back to uh, uh, wrestling eventually because MMA ain't gonna work out for him, man. Heck no. Sorry. Not only, I mean, it's not that he's not that great at it. He's really not. But it's it's just not gonna work out. It's not his deal. No, it's, it's not. not his and I mean, deal. sometimes it's just not. I mean, you started when you're 36, 37 years old um, against people that have been fighting for you know probably well over a decade. That's um, hard. That that's rough, man. You gotta. I yeah. mean, pro wrestling is hard enough when you're getting up in today. But obviously, we've seen people wrestling that are 60s and 70s. All you gotta do is basically adjust your move set and basically change your character up a little bit. To, right. You know, that's what you can yeah. do. Hulk Hogan, can, you know, 50, 60 years old, he could still have a he could still have a match with somebody if he really wanted to. Yeah. He ain't gonna take no bumps, but he could still have a match. Yeah, absolutely. So, man, I tell you, so much wrestling. Yeah. Did we cover Fastlane? I feel like we were missing. Oh, we didn't get to Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe. We got to talk about Joe. Well, we got to talk about Joe because Samoa Joe is, well, first of all, when he stands up against other WWE superstars, he's short. Yes. Okay. But that's okay because he's tough. And they actually, you know, put him over big time. He had a match with uh, Cesaro, actually, Monday Night Raw. Good match. And uh, Samoa Joe is that guy who can have a match with anybody and make it look convincing. And be good. I think that's going to be all right. I think Samoa Joe goes over Sami Zayn. Unless they got some oh, backward ad, a backward way to push Sami Zayn. But I think Joe goes over. Yeah. But where does Joe go from here? Does Joe face Seth Rollins? No, I don't know about that. Because Seth Rollins, is he injured? Is he not? Does he face Triple H? See, they're not setting all this stuff in stone yet. Yeah, that's They're what, waiting. That's what I want to know. Is Seth Rollins really injured? Like, Is he actually going to face Triple H or... Is he not? I don't, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he said he's going to be at WrestleMania. So whether he's at WrestleMania in a match against Triple H or if it's just a segment, I'm not sure. I don't know how legit the injury is if it's exactly legit. I've heard in the rumor mill that rumor and innuendo, rumor and innuendo that Batista could actually be coming back as well. Is that a rib? That is not a rib. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, come on, man. That is not a rib. Well, y- you know, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, Batista. I don't know. Um, if he comes back. I'm not quite sure what kind of pop it would be to, if it would be to a pop. Goldberg come back to a pop. Dinner, Batista dinner, dinner. <laughs> was a huge heel. But, I mean, I know he loved the business. Yeah. And he, he could work. You know, he could definitely work, and he knew how to work inside the ring. So, why not? Bring them back. Bring them all back. I don't care. I'm yeah. good. I mean, I wouldn't mind if he made, like, a surprise. Uh, like, if he kind of did one of those appearances like The Rock does at WrestleMania, you know, where he just comes out, talks a little crap or something like that. I don't want him to necessarily talk. Batista was never great on a microphone. That's true. He was never, I want him to do his talking by, you know, maybe spearing somebody. Uh, everybody got a spear nowadays. You got so many people with a spear in the uh, business. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, maybe do the, uh, what was it, the Pearl River Plunger, whatever, the, beast, the Batista bomb, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, the Batista bomb. Why yeah. not? Do it on somebody who's you know what? Than him. Maybe just not have him come back. <laughs> I don't mind him coming back for a one-off. You know, but I don't want to come back for a run because I don't think it, it's necessary. Yeah, I mean, point. it's not. Dude, can I say this? Why is Christian not in the Hall of Fame? Hmm. As Good soon call. as Edge retired, they pretty much put Edge in the Hall of Fame. Right. Christian softly and quietly retires, and he is not in the Hall of Fame yet. Christian was never at the heights, possibly, that Edge was. But, of course, I mean, there's people going in the Hall of Fame that haven't gotten to heights at all. I mean, we got people going in, Beth Dude, Phoenix going into the Hall of Fame, the Teddy Bushwhackers Long. The Bushwhackers are DDP. in the Hall of Fame. I popped for that. 
Come on, the sheep herders back from the early 80s and, you know, and now they're the, uh, the bushwhackers. Whoa, yay. I, I, I loved getting bush and whacked. Dude, Christian That's needs to be terrible. I mean, I, I enjoy Christian. I don't think that it's past it to possibly put him in the Hall of Fame one day. But, I mean, there's so many names you could argue that are going to the Hall of Fame. This year, they, the only thing that they don't have right now is the posthumous one, you know, the, the deceased that goes in the Hall of Fame. I think that's going to be Ravishing Rick Root. So you think they're going to do Rick Root? Uh, I was going to say... Uh, I mean, eventually they're going to have to put Owen Hart in. That's yeah. what I would think, but yeah. not yet. What I about, mean, wait, did they put China in? No. Yeah, China has to go in, too. Give that a year. Give I think it that's another too year? fresh. Too fresh, still. Okay. I think so, give it a year. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt Rick Root, yeah. That seems like I would love very, to say Rick Root. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it makes Owen sense. Owen Hart should have been in, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. I mean, if he hadn't gone in by now, who knows if he'll ever go in. But I think... He deserves it, you know. Absolutely. I tell you, the Owen Hart made a definite severe impact on um, wrestling. But I tell you, the Hall of Fame this year has got a, a pretty good class. I don't think anything's ever going to beat the class of the Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, you know, Scott things like that. Hall. Scott Hall. That was a big class. WrestleMania 30. I was, was, so, that, was that Mr. T? Yes. <laughs> and I'd like to thank my mama. And I'd like to thank brrr, Kane come out, I'll tell you they what. Have, they haven't... Um, they haven't done uh, a celebrity yet, have they, for this year? Nope. I wonder who that Last might year be. it was Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Who would it be this year? I Who's don't know. a celebrity? Seth Green. No. Seth Green deserves to go in there, though. You think so? As a celebrity, definitely. Well, actually, he's done a lot of writing for the WWE with the Doug Camp WWE, the cartoon. He's done some yeah. uh, a lot of back, you know, behind the yeah. scenes. But what about that dude, um, Freddie Prinze Jr.? I knew you were going there because I had him on the mind, too. Come on now. But the thing about Freddie Prince is that he was actually employed by WWE. Yeah. So it's kind of a Denver's day. He's not like a celebrity that came and was active with WWE and, like, you know, went out there, you know, to the ring and stuff like that. You know, he kind of just wrote for them as an actual employee. You know who's not he's not really a big celebrity. Here's a celebrity for you. He's not really a celebrity. He's still employed. JBL. JBL needs to go into the Hall of Fame. JBL, you're right. He's not in the he's Hall of Fame. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He's been retired for, yeah. I don't know, six, seven years? Yeah. As far as in-ring competition? There's no reason for him not to be in there. Damn right. Yeah, man. And I Ron Simmons to needs to induct him. Oh, you know he's going to. Damn. Yeah. You know, I, I I don't know about this year, but I say JBL definitely deserves to go in the Hall of Fame. Definitely. That's a good one, man. Great point. Come man. on, man. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, this year we got Diamond Dallas Page, more than likely. We got uh, Beth Phoenix. We got... Uh, Teddy Long, holla, holla, holla. Uh, yeah. Kurt Angle. Like I said, if they can bring back Kurt Angle to headline the Hall of Fame, anything can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And does Kurt Angle get back in the ring? Hopefully. Oh. Eventually. Definitely. Right? Definitely. So I tell you, Kurt Angle, AJ Styles in the, on a WWE stage. Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm hitting the, uh, This thing's going to pick up all this me pounding on yeah. it. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you got my Frosty, which is almost gone because I've been making it last, making it work. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, where, where the heck were we? Good Lord. Were we talking about? Dude, we were talking about Samoa Joe yeah. and somehow we ended up on Hall of Fame. I have no <laughs> idea. But I know uh, we say Samoa Joe goes over Sami Zayn. Samoa Joe goes over Sami Zayn. All I right. apologize so, for all this yeah, random no noise problem. on the game. So, uh, what, did we, did we cover everybody? Yeah, I think we're good on Fastlane because okay. we've been jumping back and forth. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about NXT, uh, the European Championship, Tyler Bate, who won the uh, the European Championship. Uh, he's been, uh, actually, they've been having some of the European competitors on NXT, great one-on-one matches to try to find the next uh, Tyler Bate competitor. 
Um, they've had Trent Seven, they've had Mark Andrews, they've had Pete Dunn, all these people. Check out NXT to watch more European Championship action. Also, check out NXT for NXT action. Um, good stuff happening over there. But let me, uh, this is what I want to talk about right here. And I kind of touched on this earlier when we are talking about the girlfriend angle mm-hmm. in TNA. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, just Alicia Fox or whatever. I want to talk about TNA. I want to talk about Anthem Entertainment. I want to talk about the ongoing storyline that they've had built in. Now, granted, they tape four shows at a time, you know, so they tape months or two ahead of time. But they had this angle where Braxton Sutter, who is an up-and-coming professional wrestler, um, was going to have relations with Allie, who's been uh, an up-and-coming wrestler, but also has been Maria Kanellis' assistant. So they were kind of, and they, these, were, these are both faces, by the way. And Maria Kanellis Bennett said, uh-uh, I'm going to have you marry somebody else, Braxton Sutter, and it's Lauren Van Ness, who's another up-and-coming superstar. So there was this whole back-and-forth storyline. They had segment after segment, and eventually it led into the big wedding. And we all know professional wrestling weddings, just like contract signings, never end the way they should. So, great wedding angle, great crowd, you know, everything. And, of course, eventually it turned and Braxton Sutter went to Alley and, you know, everybody got started fighting and lots of good characters. I want to just put over TNA for a minute and say that other than the Broken Hardys, which they're leaving eventually, uh, I want to say that this was one of the best angles that I've seen on television in a long time. They really did a good job building this up. I want to just say that. So, Watch TNA, if you can. Watch the wedding of Lauren Van Ness and Braxton Sutter. Please watch it, because it's not bad. All right, yeah. I mean, I have not been watching uh, TNA. As you know, I don't really watch. I don't even think I have whatever channel. I'm on Pop TV or whatever. Pop. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man. I mean, sounds like they're doing good things. So, hey, you heard it from Dirty Mike. Watch TNA. Man, before we close out of here and uh, ride off into the sunset. <laughs> So, just real quick, just to go back to the WWE Championship match that we might be having with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. And maybe AJ Styles. And maybe AJ Styles. Is Bray still the heel? Is Orton supposed to be the heel? I'm lost in this. I believe Bray is the heel, Orton's the face. And, of course, AJ's a heel. This is where I think they're going, especially the way they set this up and they shot that angle at the end of, uh, at the end of SmackDown. Yeah. They're setting Randy up as definitely the face. I don't like Randy as face, man. But he can be the same guy and be a face and be a heel. Sure. Because it can work either way. Now, you wanted to talk about having a big name going into WrestleMania. Well, on the SmackDown side, Randy Orton is that established name. Because he's been in, the you know, what, 10, 12 years, maybe longer? Yeah. So he's your big veteran, and he's going to be quarterback in that angle, whether it be with Bray or AJ or both. Right. And does he walk out of WrestleMania with the title? I think so. You think that Orton's going to walk out of WrestleMania with the title? Yep. Even though it just went to Bray? Yep. No way. No. We talked about the way way. the championships got to go on certain people to get into. So I think Bray Wyatt, even though deserved, I think he could be a transitional champion. And I think Goldberg, even though not deserved, but I understand it, Goldberg is a transitional champion. Kevin Owens is not. Kevin Owens will get it back and run with it. That's no problem. But you need somebody eventually that's going to take the title and run with it on a daily basis or a weekly basis or whatever. That's not going to be Goldberg. That's not going to be Randy Orton at this point. He doesn't need it. And he doesn't want to have that, that, I don't think, on him. But I think coming into and going out of WrestleMania, that's my call. 
Randy Orton comes out of because otherwise, what's the point of he? And because we were talking about what's the point of you know having this story at this point in time? What's the point of even bringing him back in if he's going to lose? See what I'm saying? But, I mean, that if, is if very me? true. That, I mean, that's true. I Dirty just, Ugly Wrestling Universe. Do you feel me? I just. All right, you know what? We're just <laughs> we're just gonna end on that note. How are we gonna end on that? I, I'm sad. To, I'm sad at the thought. I don't. Don't be sad. Take us home with the. Uh, you know, take it home. That's a wrestling to take it home. What what what's gonna be happy? You know, or what's gonna make you the happiest? Coming out of Fastlane or coming out of WrestleMania? Right, Tell so, me. So coming out of WrestleMania, either AJ or Bray. I don't want to see the belt on Orton. Orton had his. So last we have distinct differences on this one. Yeah. I didn't say I want to see the belt on Orton. I just think it's going to happen. You just think it's going to happen, man. But I'd love to see Bray win. If you with it say for a while. it, it's like you're wishing into existence. Am I? Am I driving the WWE right. universe? Am I driving this home with creative? I don't know. Oh man. But well, okay. All right. I tell you, we've had as some, long as I see Reigns lose coming out of. Uh, Fast song, I'm good. I think that's going to happen. Good. All right. I just don't. I mean, I see Roman kind of having that way, but, you know, Braun, they're pushing him, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be legit because yeah. I think they got to set up both of them for WrestleMania. Hey, dude, I'm also just say this real quick. Undertaker, we talked about Undertaker and we talked about him like being out of shape, dude. He, he should he should retire, man, because honestly, the performances that he's putting on you know, here recently in these past couple of years, they're not really great. You know what I'm saying? If you go back, when was that match with Shawn Michaels? Um, the one that people considered. It was 25 and 26, WrestleMania. So that was about what? How many years ago was that? Uh, six, seven years ago. Six, seven years. So if you go Maybe. back, if you go back seven years, right, still having fantastic matches. The sure. one with Shawn, the one with Triple H and, and the... Uh, yeah, the couple with Triple H, Triple, that's 27, yeah. 28. Those right. were all right. So it's like... And the one he had with Punk at 29 was very decent. Right. So 30 onward yep. has been just subpar. I mean, he's he's not moving the way he was. Right. He's moving very slow, very sluggish. He's kind of coming in out of shape. At some point, you got to worry about, you know, protecting your legacy, man. Not overstay. He's still the Undertaker, so nobody's going to boo him. But you don't want to go out being looked at as like that guy that just stayed in too long. Mick Foley talks about that. Yeah. Like just having come back too many times, not knowing when to call it quits. Yeah. Um, And you don't want The Undertaker to end up like that, man. No. I mean, you got to have him have a quality match. And I know he does care about that. You know, he had a match with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 31, which was not great. He had a match with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 22, and I say the match wasn't a great match, but the the sell was a spectacle, and Shane McMahon doing all the crazy shit he did was a spectacle. Without Shane McMahon doing all of that crazy stuff, it would have just been another Bray Wyatt Undertaker subpar match. You know, like you said, Shane McMahon was a spectacle. He he made that match by doing crazy bumps and dives, and you know. But let me tell you about this: not too long ago. The Undertaker had a couple of, you know, uh, one-offs and one last run with Brock Lesnar. Now, and they had a Hell in a Cell match. And that match went 30 minutes. And that's when they tore up the ring and, and Brock Lesnar got over on The Undertaker. That was one of the best matches I've ever seen The Undertaker have, period. And that was, what, a year ago, maybe? But and, yeah, then, you I know, he's had some that. surgeries since then. And that was on a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Granted, his WrestleMania performances weren't fantastic. That match was great. I will give you, you know that, I mean? man. Absolutely. That, that match was great. So can he turn it around? Can the Undertaker get, whip himself into shape within a couple of months and have his five, yeah. a five-star match? Because, I mean, if he, if he comes in the way he looked at Royal Rumble, no. it's not going to be good, man. I don't want to see it. 
Yeah. Not good. I like that the hair is back. Uh, yeah. You know what? They should bring him out on a hearse again, man. Yeah. Like, have that hearse ride to the ring. Yeah, well, I mean, I it's WrestleMania. Up. They need to do the big, you know, overstated entrances. Yeah. So maybe they'll do it for him. But I tell you, with him and Roman Reigns, I don't know. Even him and John Cena, I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to see what's going to happen, but I hope he comes back in better shape, and I hope he can have a quality match. Because otherwise, like you said, you should damage his legacy. I don't want to do that. No, man. And then The Undertaker retires on a good note, on a top note, putting somebody else over. And, could well, that could be Roman Reigns. I mean, who who better to go heel on than the big, one of the biggest faces in the company? There you go. Why not? Why not? Do yeah. It. Don't need to have a five-star match. All you need to do is tell a five-star story. There you go. And again, I've been pounding on this thing, and I'm very sorry if you heard me, like, doing that shit. Ah, man, I'm cussing. Dirty and ugly. I'm sorry. I apologize. Good luck. Dirty and ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Vince. I appreciate that. Well, you know what? We've had a great conversation here this time. It's been We've had a great interview with Joey Badami. We've had great uh, talking about the Sweet 16 EWA Pro Wrestling. So coming up very shortly in the near future for Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, uh, we've been wanting to do this for a while, and we've got a lot of photographers actually chomping at the bit to talk to us on Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We got professional wrestling photographers. We got photographers who have their own photography companies out there. And we've got uh, photographers who come out and do a lot of different things with self-photography, wedding photography, whatever. You know, photography is a big thing. You know, when you can take your cell phone, whether it be a Samsung or whether it be a iPhone, it don't matter. You can take a picture of something, but these guys know exactly what they're looking for. They're looking for color, shade, light. They're looking for you know, ways to take pictures of experiences. And we're going to listen to all that. something called composition. Composition. Isn't that like that notebook that I used to have in school? It was called a composition book. It was black and white marble, and it had the uh, white pages in it. Yeah, something like that. That was a composition. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. Or as a composition like a song, you know, composing a song. Well, like it's, a just, it's just all about framing in the in the shot. I got frames up here. You see my frames. I got frames of posters. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, see? But that's what we're going to talk about with photography and photography. Because the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast can tackle any subject, right? Absolutely. Big Ugly? Yeah, we can. And like later on, we're going to have uh, Brian Thomas on here, the professional development oh, trailblazer. Brian Thomas. Which, you know, if you're a person that's looking to, you know, really succeed and you're looking for greatness and to excel at your job, you know, Brian Thomas is exactly what his name title is a professional development trailblazer he coaches people on uh you know achieving their goals he does speeches all around the country and overseas Mm. um he is a a corporate uh manager big time corporate manager of a plant Mm. which he'll tell you more about that when we have him on we will you know he's going to help you get to all of your uh, uh, professional goals. Right. Brian Thomas. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the road to WrestleMania. We're going to talk about the wrap-up of WrestleMania when all this stuff goes down. And we're going to have more EWA Pro Wrestling guests. We're going to have return guests. We're going to have new guests. And we want to hear from you. So comment on our Facebook page. Send us email at dirtyuglywrestling at gmail.com. Comment, like, follow everything that we got because we want to thank everybody out there. We've been giving shout outs to all of our EWA Pro Wrestling, all of our fans that are worldwide prestige. Worldwide. worldwide. You know about that. Yeah. Step Brothers. Oh man, I'll tell you what, that's a great movie. But anyway, we can go into that another time. So, the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, thank you. Thank you for letting us do what we do. Thank you, pal. <laughs> Thanks, pal. <laughs> oh, damn it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Bruce Pritchard, check him out. Bruce Pritchard at uh, Bruce Pritchard and at, at Hey Hey It's Conrad, and check out what happened when, and uh, check out the Pritchard Show because it's awesome. Check out Jim Ross. Check out Stone Cold Steve Austin, Chris Jericho, Eric Bischoff, Vince Russo, Booker T. Check them all out. Why Gosh, not? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten to Bischoff. I haven't gotten to Booker T. Um, nor Tony Schiavone. But yeah, Tony day. Schiavone, what happened one Monday. Check out, uh, by the way, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts on the most recent Eric Bischoff podcast. It's not bad. That's not bad? Jake uh, the Jake Snake was Roberts. Good? All right. I enjoyed Jake. Cool. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Dirty Ugly Wrestling. And we are going to leave like we always do, or sometimes we do, because sometimes other things are said. So it's three, two, one. This is... Yes.